if there was anyone in all of human history who knew how to connect with people, it was Jesus. And if there is maybe one story in all of uh, the Gospels that is a classic story of how Jesus connected with a person, I think it's the story of Zacchaeus. The amazing thing to me is when Jesus comes to the end of the story, he makes one of the most profound statements of his purpose and why he existed. When he said in verse 10, he said that the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. If you think about it, as followers of Jesus, if that was Jesus' purpose and we are following him, then really he begins to speak to our purpose in life that we are to seek and to save the lost if we are about his business. Really, when you begin to look at the Gospels, you see what we've been talking about all this fall of connecting with people and that it's all about people. And uh, when the disciples recorded the life of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, one of the threads that goes through all of that is how Jesus started with his relationship with God the Father. It wasn't a, it wasn't a Sunday thing only. It was every day of the week. And so there's stories of the gospel writers, I think particularly in Luke, that Jesus went off for the night and he went to a mountain and he spent time with the Father. You see him before he dies, the Garden of Gethsemane, in agonizing prayer with the Father. And so you see this daily uh, communion with God. And we, we talked about weeks ago that the first and foremost and the priority of our life has to be that we are first connected to God the Father. That is our first connecting relationship. We also see in the life of Jesus early on that he chose 12 men to invest his life in. They became a community we might call a little church. And we see Jesus living out in the Gospels, uh, building those relationships, the, the one another. It was that group that he said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. We see that Jesus wasn't just a Sunday thing. It was, uh, it was a day by day that they, they lived together, they traveled together. Jesus taught them not only in uh, kind of structured times, but there were also events that came up in the midst of their lives in which Jesus taught them in everyday life. And so we see Jesus living out uh, the connecting relationship within the body of believers. But this Sunday we make a transition. As we've talked about, first a connecting relationship with God. And secondly, a connecting relationship within the body of Christ, one another. This Sunday we come uh, to connecting relationships outside the body of Christ. That ultimately, it is our responsibility to connect people to God the Father. As we have a relationship with Him... And as we develop a relationship with one another, the, the process is not complete in my life or in your life until we are about connecting other people to God. And that's exactly what we see in the story of Zacchaeus. There's several things in the story I want to bear out and I want, to, I want to, us to learn two things this morning from uh, the story of Zacchaeus and 
So if we could put our scripture back up, yes, we're there, maybe verse 1. Several things I want to note, and then I want to bring up two points. Um, The scripture tells us that Jesus was passing through Jericho. Actually, what we read in the gospel, starting back in the ninth chapter, is that Jesus was on a journey at this point in his ministry. That journey was going to Jerusalem. In fact, Luke 9, 51 says that Jesus set his face to go towards Jerusalem. And so you can, in Luke's gospel, you can follow Jesus geographically as he travels from northern Galilee through Samaria and then to the east. And then Jericho is 15 miles east of Jerusalem. And so he is passing through Jericho. In fact, the next thing you read in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the next event that happens after the Jericho episodes is the triumphal entry, Jesus entering into Jerusalem. And so Jesus is just days, uh, if not hours, from entering into Jerusalem, the time that he would be arrested and he would be put to get to death. Uh, the scripture tells us that one of these one-on-one encounters that Jesus had uh, is with Zacchaeus. And it says that he is a chief tax collector. Um, we don't know exactly all that this would entail, but probably as the Romans who were an occupying force in Palestine uh, had set up tax collectors. And we know that Jesus' own disciple Matthew or Levi was a tax collector. That maybe there were people that were over a whole group or a district of tax collectors. And maybe that's what Zacchaeus was. He was up on the management scale and was over a number of tax collectors. If you think about it, The Romans, as an occupying force, uh, were exacting taxes from the people. And obviously you don't have the IRS in those days, you know, or anything like that. You can't mail people, you know, tax forms. or. But there were people that were stationed in places. And they would, as people bought and sold, they would exact whatever the Roman government had told them. Now, my understanding in those days, what would happen is the Roman government might say, In essence, we expect you to bring in $1,000 a week in taxes. And then anything else that you can get out of the people uh, is yours. And so these were people that had the power of the Roman government behind them and they they were doing whatever they could to get money out of these people. You could imagine these people were not popular. In fact, we know that Zacchaeus is a Jewish man because he has a Jewish name. He is one of them that the Roman government has gotten out of the populace and put him over this tax office or these group of uh, tax collectors to exact the taxes from them. And so the scripture does say in verse 2 that he was very rich. We see in verse 3 that there was a a crowd. Um, Jesus was very popular, at least at this point in his ministry. Uh, There were a lot of people that were drawn to Jesus. And I want to talk about later... What was it that drew people to Jesus? Uh, You know the story of how there was such a great crowd and Zacchaeus was maybe short of stature that he he couldn't press through to get to see Jesus. And so he he runs up on the route. He knows that Jesus is going because Jesus is passing through, climbs up into a sycamore tree so he can perch up there and he can look down on Jesus. Jesus comes to him. One of the amazing things of that encounter is in the midst of all of those throngs of people, And you would have to think all of these people 
were looking for something from Jesus. They were, they were trying to make some kind of connection with Him. I don't know if it was for His teaching, if it was for the miracles. I don't know why people came. Maybe just out of curiosity. But about, out of all of those throngs of people that Jesus stops and He looks up and one of the amazing things is Jesus who apparently... In fact, the Gospels, I don't know that Jesus had ever been to Jericho or would ever be there again. Well, in fact, I know he would never be there again. Whether he, There's no reason for us to believe that he knew Zacchaeus by name, but he looks up into the tree and he says, Zacchaeus, which must have been a stunning thing for Zacchaeus up in the tree. And he says, make haste and come down. I, I have to stay at your house. I can't really process in my brain whether Jesus stayed the afternoon at Zacchaeus' house or he stayed that night, it says today, today, I think twice in the story, regardless of that, of all the people that somehow could have been worthy for Jesus to either rest or spend the night at their house, it's that one guy. You remember what they said? I thought it was interesting that the Scripture says, and they said, and you're thinking, who are they? Well, we all know who they are. It's those people who are talking. Them. doesn't identify them, but we know it's just the people who looked and they judged Jesus because he was eating with a sinner and they judged Zacchaeus because he was a sinner. In the midst of that encounter and Jesus spending time with Zacchaeus, there is a change of heart by Zacchaeus we know there is a change of heart because there was genuine repentance from action not just do I feel bad or disconnected with God in fact there's there's more to the story that's not written in the gospels really Luke just gets us to the ending point that he says you know if I've cheated anyone I'm going to make it right uh, fourfold uh, and Jesus then makes the pronouncement this man too is a son of Abraham. Do you know who Jesus was talking to then? Those people. This man is also a son of Abraham. Because what did they think in their heart? He's not one of us. Salvation has come to this house today. And then he makes that statement about what his whole life and ministry, you go, why? Why, Jesus, did you stop on the road, call out Zacchaeus, stay at his house either that afternoon or that night? Because that's what he's about. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. As followers of Jesus today, as we begin this Sunday to talk about, and Brother Cody's going to preach next Sunday also about this, Uh, when we talk about connecting relationships with those who are outside these four walls that are not a part of the family yet, what is it that we learn as followers of Jesus? What did Jesus do to connect with people? And the first thing that I see is that Jesus took time for people. And so my simple challenge first to you is take time for people. You know one of the things that strikes me about the story is that Jesus had every reason that day not to stop. Do you know why? 
Because Jesus, as the Son of God, knows that within a week's time, He's going to die an excruciating death on the cross. And those events are looming before Him. And that's why it says in Luke 9, 51, that He set His face to go to Jerusalem. Jesus, His huge event is coming. And Jesus is simply passing through Jericho. He had every reason basically to say, i got bigger problems to solve than you, Zacchaeus. And he could have missed the opportunity. Do you realize in our own lives that it's easy for us to become so consumed and wrapped up in our own things that maybe are godly things that we miss the opportunities of the people that are around us every day? Simply because We don't take time to stop and seize the opportunity that is right before us. Not only did Jesus stop, but we see that Jesus, you know, and you see this in the gospel sometimes that Jesus stops And he has an encounter in the midst of the the throngs of people, a one-on-one encounter. But on this day, Jesus didn't say, you know what, Zacchaeus, it's going to be enough for us to have a little five-minute encounter here on the road. Jesus said no. He said, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house to stay. And so we know that Jesus blocked off maybe several hours at least to spend quality time with Zacchaeus. So that he could share about the kingdom. So that Zacchaeus' heart could be turned back to him. I think one of the obstacles to developing connecting relationships is simply our busyness. And I think the first thing that we see from the life of Jesus is that Jesus took time for people and i encourage you as we talk about relationships outside the four walls my prayer would be that i and you would see the opportunities that are right before us the second thing at least this sunday i want to talk about from the story of zacchaeus is that that Jesus saw something in Zacchaeus that other people did not see. Uh, The challenge for us is to see people as God sees people. He took time, but I believe He took time because He saw something. In fact, it it should have been obvious to everyone. If you see a wealthy guy who's prominent and he's up in a tree looking to see you, you go, this guy may be searching for God. But you know the only person, at least recorded in the Scripture, that saw the circumstance for what it was, was Jesus. Because he saw people as God sees people. Hmm. I'm intrigued in the story as you read it in those ten verses the way that the people 
would have described Jesus. The words. And they're all based on outward appearance. I would say at this point, uh, the obstacle that keeps us from seeing people as God sees people is prejudiced. And if you think about the word prejudice, and I don't know the, the roots of it, but it seems to me if you just look at prejudice, it means to prejudge. It means to look at someone's outward appearance or circumstances and go, oh, I can project on who they are based on what I can see. Well, there were several points that people could have been prejudiced about Zacchaeus, and I think you see him in the story. Hmm. He was a man. Hmm. Half the universe is the other gender. Uh, he was a tax collector. I think people would have known him because he had a tax booth, surely, or he was prominent in their community. He kn- they knew what he did for a living. And he had basically become a traitor to the Jewish people because he had joined with the Romans to exact taxes from them. And so they could look at his profession and say, well, I know what his heart is. Um, He was a man. He was a tax collector. He was rich. Well, we all know we're prejudiced against people that have more money than us, right? You know, but those would have been all the things that they thought, man, you know, I'm busting my tail here to make a living and he's just standing there and just raking in the money. That may have been another reason that people were prejudiced against him. I can't even go into the short side of the story, okay? No, we're not even going to talk about short people. The other thing that interests me is that when Jesus called him to come down and he was going to stay at his house, you remember what they said? Hmm. He has gone to be the guest with a man who is a sinner. What did they do? They took his outward circumstances, what they could see with their eyes, and they projected it into his heart and they said, He is a sinner. I don't know, I got kind of tickled by that. It's like, well, if he'd come to stay at your house, who was he staying with? A sinner? Hypocrite? You know, it's like, oh, what did they mean? Well, he wasn't in good graces with the religious people of his day. You know why he wasn't in good graces with the religious people of his day? Because he wasn't welcomed by them he knew they were talking about him they knew that he knew that they were prejudiced against him and by their very attitude demeanor and their words and their actions they had built a wall they had ostracized him they had put him in a little box and we all know those people that aren't like us it's easy to call sinners because we assume that we're saints right Hmm. How did Jesus see Zacchaeus? First thing I realized is he called him by name. 
which it doesn't get any more personal than that. He didn't say, hey man, why don't you come out of the tree because you're about to fall and mm, I need some place to rest for the afternoon. He said Zacchaeus. He called him by name. How many of y'all watched the World Series game last night? Uh, And I don't know. I took a break in between innings, but I, I don't know if it was the seventh inning stretch. I came back into the room and the people are holding the papers. Did y'all see this? And they were, I don't know if they'd given money or made a donation to the Cancer Society or whatever, but uh, it was uh, a statement of standing against cancer. And there was a little white section in the card and they wrote a person's name that either had cancer, has cancer, or had survived cancer. Now, sometimes it said my mom or something else. But that I thought it was the best part of the game, quite honestly, the way it ended. But anyhow. (laughs) No, you see that the camera, it went on. For a couple minutes, they just kept scanning the crowd. All of those people standing there with names because it was personal to them it wasn't about cancer it was about no this person that i i have a name for we don't know but they knew because it was very personal that's the way jesus words strike me when he said zacchaeus for jesus he was not a stereotype that we could easily be prejudiced against. Zacchaeus was a person. And then Jesus makes that statement at the end. And I think it was really a slam against them when he said, salvation has come to this house today for he also is a son of Abraham. You may not consider him a part of the family, but I want you to know that he's really part of the family because of what God has done in his life. It was kind of get them, Jesus, yeah. Those hypocrites, because I'm not one, you know, so we make fun of hypocrites, yeah. Those people that call other people sinners, yeah. Get them. Jesus calls him a son of Abraham. But you know, Jesus also deals with him in truth because when he says the son of, for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was Lost. He was referring to Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, a son of Abraham, lost. See, I believe one of the challenges in our life to have connecting relationships that were that are outside these four walls. We must see people as God sees people. Jesus saw Zacchaeus, yes, as a sinner who was in need of a Savior. When the people around him versus the people around him who saw him as a sinner who deserved to be condemned. Jesus connected with Zacchaeus. And the very people that Zacchaeus lived around, religious people, apparently he never connected with. 
because people intuitively know when they encounter us what we are about. And their prejudice had driven a wall between them, the religious people, and Zacchaeus. And Jesus comes in one moment in the midst of all of that and says, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm coming to your house to stay. And God uses that encounter to turn Zacchaeus' life around. You know how we know this story? I guarantee it's because Zacchaeus was a part of the early church. And Matthew and Mark, they write their Gospels. Luke goes and he investigates. And I think, kind of like John, Luke included some things that the others didn't. And he came across Zacchaeus. Now there's another story in Jericho about blind Bartimaeus. But Zacchaeus says, yeah, I know. I know about blind Bartimaeus. But I want you to know that the day that Jesus, on the way to the cross, passed through Jericho, in the midst of the crowd, he stopped and called me by my name. And he spent, I mean, his hours in his life were precious. It was a matter of days. How am I going to spend that time? Zacchaeus, I'm going to spend it with you. Today's your day. Jesus didn't miss the opportunity because he had this ability to connect with people and do you get it to ultimately connect people to God what was it that drew people to Jesus I think there was a spirit about Jesus that people wanted to be where he was yes I understand <laughs> There were miracles and there were casting out demons and there were some of those things and some people came out of curiosity. But I believe when John, and we talked about this several weeks ago when we talked about within the body of Christ, that we beheld His glory, the glories of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. I think the very things that we've talked about that bind us together as one another, grace, truth, a commitment, of time and energy and then love and openness of heart that receives people into our lives were the very things that people when they encountered Jesus intuitively knew in their hearts he's a man of grace truth and love and I want to know what that's about do you understand that everything that Jesus was the religious people of his day were not and because of the way they were, they built bridges, uh, built, built walls of division that isolated people like Zacchaeus and others that were not a part of our group. But Jesus tore down those walls. And I would contend as followers of Jesus that it is our responsibility to do two things. To live as Jesus lived. In grace. And I want to say this. Because we kind of like those first words, grace and love. But Jesus didn't pull any punches. He was a man of truth. Because he said, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. I'm not going to fudge on the truth. But I want you to know there's going to be grace. And there's going to be love. But there's going to be truth. And you see this in his encounters. 
He doesn't, he doesn't fudge on the truth. It is our responsibility as the followers of Jesus to live as Jesus lived and do what Jesus did. Seek and to save the lost. We're going to talk about several things and Brother Cody's going to double down next Sunday. But I want you to know they're not looking for us. Jesus places the responsibility of looking, seeking on us. Jesus didn't say, now listen, I'm going to be hanging out here, Zacchaeus, and if you want to come over to my side and get your life right, then you can come here. Zacchaeus thought he was searching for God, but what he discovered is God was searching for him. And we have the responsibility to live as Jesus lived, but also to do as Jesus did. We must seek out those for the express purpose of connecting them to God. If we do not, we have fallen short of what God has done in our life. Amen? Amen. If you'd stand with me this morning. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, I want to lead us in prayer. I want you to know that the altar is open. Um, whatever your need is today, maybe you need to have a relationship with God. And uh, the gospel is very simple that Jesus came and he died for your sins. And if you will give your life to him, he will come and he will cleanse your life. He will give you purpose and he will give you eternity. But you have to surrender. You have to turn from your sins even as Zacchaeus did. And so we invite you to come this morning. Byron and I will be at the front if you need to talk to somebody. The altar is open. Uh, maybe there's some other issue in your life you need to deal with related to within the body of Christ. Or there may be somebody that you even this morning that God has in your life and your prayer this morning as you come to the altar is God give me courage and give me a, an open opportunity to begin to talk to them about a relationship with God. And so Father today we trust all of this to you. We pray that we would move, you would move us a step today closer to obedience to walking with you on a daily basis of living out relationships within the body of Christ and then seeking out the lost that you might save them through your grace and mercy. And so, Father, we just we trust this time to you. We pray that as your spirit moves us, that, Father, we would be obedient in this time, and we pray it in the name of Jesus.